0: Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast, brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Welcome to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I am glad to be back at you again. Hey, look, if you're new here, um, this is a podcast for Christian men uh, inside of recovery to live an awesome spirit-filled life. So if that is you, then welcome. If you haven't got an opportunity to do so, I encourage you to click on the link that's inside the podcast description, and it'll take you to information regarding our GCR groups. Uh, We have groups uh, throughout the week, uh, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday right now, and uh, if you're looking for encouragement and support on your road to recovery, then I encourage you to click on that link and to jump on a phone call with me. So, we're going to continue our topic in Luke and... um, We are at, let's see, verse 24. So Luke chapter 11, verse 24, it says this. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through a red places seeking rest and does not find it. And then he says, I will return to the house I left. And when he arrives, he finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and it takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they go in and they live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. So we are going to talk about this uh, in context of, of recovery and uh, how, how it's uh, relevant to, to our life. So we've all known those who um, backslid. And that is relapsed and, and returned back to the same uh, patterns and routines uh, that they once had inside of their addiction. And there's multiple reasons why this happens, but the first and foremost reason that, uh, that is um, clearly spelled out here in the Bible is that there's not a new inhabitant, there's not new activities, there's not a new structure and routine to take its place. So here in this story, Jesus points out abundantly clear that the reason why um, this backslid or, or, or this going back to the original condition happens is because that there's no behavior that is going on to take its place. And what that means is that we, we constantly focus on the ridding of evil. That is, we focus on our problems if you've uh, ever been in therapy, you know that the, the, uh, one of the main mo- modalities is to focus on the pain. And they take you back, and they rehearse, and they, and they uh, get you to go back and find where the pain was, this, that, and the other thing. And this is the tendency here is, is see, this man was, was, had the problem removed. But that doesn't mean that he had a great life. And that's what is often taking place inside of uh, uh, this walk of faith and this walk of recovery, that just because the problem is removed doesn't mean that we are in like the safety zone, uh, doesn't mean that we're living the abundant life. And here's the reality that I know, that there are many men who, who take on the Christian religion and, the, and have that as their their faith, uh, but they're miserable, and that is they have these signs of, of, of faith, but it hasn't affected their heart. See, the real faith is that it comes in and, and, and inhabits us. And that's what Jesus is talking about here, that there is there's this attitude, there is this, um, this frame of mind, this new belief systems, new routine, new structure that comes and begins to operate inside of our lives. And you see, the the Holy Spirit is meant to to come upon our lives or in our lives to begin to produce this awesome fruit. And as we read, it's a peace, love, joy, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You know, all of those wonderful things that uh, um, that the Holy Spirit brings. But we have, as men, settled for a mediocre life a lot of times. And that there's not this uh feeling of of love and peace and joy and all of those things uh, and we don't expect to actually live that way i find a lot of men expect you know misery they expect their life to be hard well here's the reality of things that that the bible says the way of a transgressor is hard and that jesus yoke is easy and his burden is light so there's got to come a a frame of change inside of our hearts inside of our minds that says you know what i expect to be filled with peace love joy gentleness and goodness and faith and all of those good things because that is actually the the purpose of the spiritual life so that we have in recovery circles of what they call a dry drunk and that is that you're 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 no longer drinking, you're no longer an addict, uh, in this case of the man in Luke, that he's no longer inhabited by, by evil forces, right? And But your life isn't changed in any way or fashion. That is, you still lash out in anger, you still have a lot of emotional problems, you still have all this unforgiveness that is festering inside of your heart. And you might be clean, but you're miserable. And that's what they call the dry drunk, is that you have all the attributes and all the the characteristics of someone who drinks, but you just don't drink. And that's what begins to take place in the life of faith, that we have all the characteristics of a sinner, that we're constantly, um, you know, feeding the flesh and giving into temptation and, and feeling frustrated, guilt and shame. And, and it's kind of this repeated cycle over and over. Um, and we still have the lingering effects of it. So what I'm saying is this, is that something needs to change. That we can't just focus on the ridding of evil. Because that is, that is simply not enough. And this is the way many men operate. They look at their, you know, their, all their addictions and all their different things and, and all the different evil that's inside of their lives and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on my problems. I'm going to focus on ridding myself of all this evil. And so we go to therapy or, or we, go, we use the 12 steps and all of these different things to begin to focus on our problems. Well, I am here to offer you a different way. And the reason why I'm offering you a different way is because I see the fallacy in it. I see the problem in it. Here's the first number one problem is that whenever you focus on something, it magnifies and gets bigger. So if I'm going to focus on the removal of my problem, eradicating evil from my life, then that is going to begin to grow. And that is all I'm going to begin to think about is the eradication of my problem and the problem magnifies and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger where I'm thinking about the problem. I'm talking about the problem and my mind is consumed with my issues. And what we got to understand is, is that no one gets better by focusing on their defects. Nobody gets better by focusing on their problem. If that was the case, then this man would have been nice and had a fulfilled life because the evil was eradicated from his life. And what began to happen is that the evil returned. And it returned in full force with a double, triple, quadruple portion. And the reason why it returned in a greater fashion was because the house was uninhabited. That means it didn't have any, any concrete uh, values. It didn't have any activities. It didn't have um, any joy, peace, goodness, and peace. See, if he would have came back and the house was inhabited, And it was filled with, with activities and relationships and values and all that stuff. There would have been nothing for him to return to. And so what I'm talking to you today is, is, is the idea of, of habit replacement. And that is you begin to operate in positive things in your life, positive activities And you begin to grow and expand those. Then there's no room for the evil to return. This is super important. So the first one is this, is that you crystallize your values. And that is you're, you're most likely to reject an addiction when your values are solidified. And that is you know what you want. You're thoroughly attached to who you are, what you are about, and why you want it. I think one of the greatest things that you could do is begin to do your why statement. And that is why you want this life of sobriety. Why do you want to walk this spirit-filled path? Why do you want this connection with God? Why do you want intimacy inside of your marriage? Why do you want, you know, all of these things? Why do you want to build a legacy, uh, uh, leave a legacy inside of your life? Why, 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 why? And once you begin to solidify your values, you begin to focus on activities that are important to you. And what that begins to do is begin to waken up and a desire inside of you that you begin to want things. This is one of the key things for recovery is you begin to want things. You begin to want a better relationship with your wife. You begin to want a, a greater connection with your children. You begin to want to build an awesome business, want to connect with people. You begin to want this awesome spirit-filled life and connection with God. And you begin to want, in general, a holistic lifestyle that is thriving and growing. So when you have this solidified and in place, when evil comes to return, it might look, it might knock on the door and see that you ain't got time for that. You ain't got time for that. Because you, be, you are beginning to do some awesome things that are making you feel good inside. And you have begun to change your mindset and your activities. That you are filled with goodness. That you are filled with structure. You are filled with daily habits and routines that make you happy you have solidified your why and what is important to you. So when evil tries to, to to return, once again, you ain't got time for that. And you have solidified what is important to you and that you have filled your life. The house has been inhabited and that you've been inhabited by, by God's spirit and goodness and connection and relationship. You've been inhabited or you have been uh, uh, activities and all of these things that are more important. So the bottom line is, is you got to solidify what it is you want. You see, for us to begin to change, and for when evil returns, for us not to go back into that state and condition, we have to ask ourselves do we want more pain do we clearly see the impact of the emptiness you see that's the main problem here is that when when evil came to return the house was empty it was swept it was all put in order but but the key thing is that it was empty and that's what begins to take place in our lives that we get uh, we get to overcome our addictions, overcome those desires, and and what begins to happen is an emptiness. Is that we don't replace the activity with positive things, in values, in relationships, and activities. You see, if the evil came back and seen these three things begin to operate, there wouldn't have been room for the evil to return. The evil would have seen that they have core values. They have desires. They have things that they want. They're fully attached to their why. And look at the relationships, the house that has people inside of it. And there's positive relationships and growth and development. And look at the activities that are going on inside of this this house. There is no room for me to return. And this is one of the greatest lessons we can learn, that we fill ourselves up with positive activities one at a time, one at a time. Whether it's in the area of your health, adding a new activity, uh, walking, uh, playing tennis, uh, joining some sort of uh, uh, men's basketball club, you know, and, and you start adding these activities and what begins to happen is a new life where you don't have time for that. See, here's the reality of things that... You know, if by some stupid reason I decided to relapse and, and uh, go have a drink, uh, it probably last three days because that's usually what I do with a binger. And then I would get back up and then I would just continue on what I've been doing. And the reason why I could do that is because I have activities, I have a life, I have a support system that is far more important to me than um, the drunkenness. And that's where the the addiction began to shift in my life. Like mine was a slow, gradual process of of decreasing. And it began to decrease because I began to fill my life with activities that were more important. It was in the form of of music. You see, I I couldn't uh, record music when I was um, totally drunk. And so I would stay sober enough to be able to record music and to begin to to make songs. And then another thing was my career, that um, stepping up and being somebody um, that I was proud of was more important. So I began to limit um, the addiction in my life. And so the same thing that could take place with you is that this this gradual process of decreasing by adding positive activities inside of your life that all of a sudden other things become more important. All of a sudden you ain't got time for that because you have solidified your values. You have added relationships that are beneficial to you and you have added activities. You see, there's one thing that that we don't thoroughly understand in this recovery process, and that is creating an an environment that discourages your behavior. When I got remarried, I got remarried to somebody who didn't like smoking. I got remarried to somebody who um, would look down upon uh, drunkenness and, and discourage that behavior. And so creating your life in a way in a fashion that discourages your behavior if you're trying to quit smoking start hanging around people that don't smoke start doing activities that 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 um counteract your addiction it's hard to um to think about smoking when you're on a men's basketball league, when you're on a, a, a tennis uh, sort of thing or, or whatever it is, when you're getting ready to, to run a 5K or do a marathon, it's really hard to participate in activities that that begin to challenge other things that are important to you. So it's important to begin to set those things up. Solidify your values. Begin to have relationships that uh, um, that counteract your addiction. and and the bottom line is this: create better things to do. You see if your life is empty, that is you you got clean, but there's emptiness. And that is you're you're all alone. You're in solitude and you're not pursuing relationships with other people, and your health is deteriorating, and the only thing you got really going for you is your belief in God, I'm going to tell you, you're in trouble. You're in serious trouble. Because it is going to be hard to maintain any uh, sort of uh, mental health and sobriety and a positive outcome when you're not doing uh, changing the the values, the relationships, and the activities that you're participating in. So you have to begin to pursue positive relationships. It's hard to attack somebody who is living holistically. And that is they're focusing on building the relationships that they have. They're focusing on building a great business and creating some sort of wealth. Um, they're focusing on their children and, and things like that. It's hard for addiction to thrive inside that kind of environment because you have solidified your values and things that are more important than addiction. I hope this was an encouraging word. Uh, It's one of my favorite uh, mindsets and it's not really taught much, but uh, uh, I encourage you to listen again, grasp it and begin to walk this out in your values, in your relationships and your activities your daily habits must begin to change. Peace, brothers.